Happy Monday and welcome back to another exciting week of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, it seems... Wait a minute. Yep. What's that? You're listening to a special Billy Campbell episode on the Rocketeer Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Campbell. Again. <laughs> it, it is a beautiful theme, I think. Uh, as usual, as usual, I'm happy to be back, boys, and uh, slash mortified by the by the introduction. Oh, it, it's it's always great ha- having you on, Billy. Uh, Billy Campbell, the Rocketeer himself, once once again joins us, and uh, we're going to talk about really this minute. We're talking about the very last minute of 1635 Palm Terrace. It was a lovely house, and, <laughs> and, and now it's, about, it's a gazebo. Yes, and a lovely <laughs> one it is too. So. Uh, uh, Poor old, poor old Cliff and and PV are, are well. Actually, you you start off uh, a little bit with your feet off the ground. <laughs> you're, you're I do right. actually. Um, Lothar, um, I'm I'm dangling in midair, and and Lothar has just stuffed my head into the ceiling, and pulled <laughs> and then pulled me back out. And yeah. at that very moment, the Klieg lights come on, and uh, yeah, and and it, it's the feds. It's the feds. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I have this uh, big TV in the apartment that they have for me here and this enormous LG, beautiful TV and, uh, a single Blu-ray disc, which is Dracula, but I'm thinking I'm going to go tomorrow and pick up the Blu-ray if I can find it of Rocketeer. Ah, yeah. I just, I love this movie so much. And the more we talk about it, the more I love it. (laughs) Is it strange having to go and, and just buy something uh, of, that you're in like that? Does that, does that feel weird if you're just going to sort of walk into, into, uh, you know, Best Buy or whatever you've I got don't, nearby? No, I don't think it's not. The only weird part is if, you know, if somebody recognized me and I don't know, maybe I would feel a little self-involved <laughs> right. or something, but yes, I guess if you were buying all of them in the store <laughs> and then, you know, coming out with sort of armloads of, and you, of, you uh, ask them for, you ask them for a couple of Sharpies and then you're just too mean you know, from me. <laughs> I had a, I had a funny moment, a funny Rocketeer moment years ago in, uh, in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica, there was a, a video store called Vidiots, which was a, a, just a great place, absolutely great place. They had all kinds of, all kinds of videos. Um, but I was in the store and I was uh, perusing the shelves, and the shelves are very were very low. They're about eye level for me, and uh, and I heard uh, a kid on the other aisle, uh, opposite way, saying, "How about this one, Dad? Is this one? What's this one like?" And I, I mean, I'm standing right there, and I just sort of casually glanced over and sure enough the kid was holding the rocketeer and and i said i said excuse me and they both looked at me the dad and the kid and i was like i highly recommend that film (laughs) and the dad was like okay okay well thanks we'll take it (laughs) and and i just had i had such a gas going home and and thinking about them when they got home watching the movie um, and realizing wouldn't that be amazing if that uh, if the, that kid is listening today and if he was able to piece this together? Wait a minute. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> that would be. I'd like to think that, that that's happening right now. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to go with it. Wow. Yeah, anyway. It, 
but anyway, yeah, it's 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 so good. Even the guy that was in it likes the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I certainly don't like everything I've been in. I certainly don't like everything. Uh, yeah, if they had, I, so when I, you see the, the Star Trek season two uh, uh, thing comes by, it's like, no, nah, no, thanks. Any oh, pass on it. But and it's some people like it. I, right? You know what? I love having been in Star Trek. I'm just yes. mortified by my performance. <laughs> I really am. Wow. Well, uh, you know, here, here you are. Well, it, you know, you can beat your head against the wall or against the ceiling as, as Lothar is doing to you here. But uh, now, I, I was wondering, did Ron have to? Was he actually picking you up? Were you on a box or anything? Or how, no, how did that I all... think at that point I was standing on a box. Um, even even tiny Ron would would you know I I weigh about I weigh in at that point I weighed in at about two twenty. Wow! And uh, so I think he he would he would have got a little tired after a while. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think I was on a box uh, for a while. Um, what... Was it one take? Was it one take for the uh, through the ceiling? Did they? Did you get that I one take? I don't did... remember, but I'm pretty sure that was. Pr- I'm fairly certain that was one take. Yeah, uh, okay. I don't remember them resetting the ceiling. I was just um, pic- picturing that you'd all take one. You'd take one step forward. Tiny Ron would take one step backwards, and you just knew another part of the ceiling out of camera. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's and, a great, great scene. And then when uh, when you're thrown into the into the table there, as I sort of scrub through it, even frame by frame, it's tough to tell. If that's uh, if that's you or a stuntman, I as I recall, that was a stunt fellow. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, one or two second, frames second there. Four, he's a little bit he, more square yeah. jaw, jaw than you. Yeah. Looks more like your cousin Bruce Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce. Bruce came to work. And no, no, no. He, he, he was just he, doing my stunts for a day. Yeah, he was he's, the one in SWAT, right? Wasn't or. <laughs> Uh, the uh, yeah, it's a oh it's the rookies. A, I think it's the what, rookies. That's yes, what it was. Yeah, yeah it was the other Bill Campbell. <laughs> yes, yes, it's all right there on the internet. <laughs> yeah. you can you can yeah, find you out can, for yourself. You can trust you can trust IMDb. <laughs> the great great scene with uh, <laughs> I love I love Lothar pulling out the 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 twin pistols and just banging away at the door. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got the two. Uh, those are Colt nineteen elevens, forty fives, just blasting away, sort of a. Early thirties, big Caucasian Chow Yun Fat. The, the stuntman's getting yanked over the back of the the back of the wall there, but a great great little scene. Mm. And uh, and then uh, uh, Fitch and Wooly get to get to run down to where all the cars are, and everybody opens up with what must have been the entire uh, machine gun uh, <laughs> arsenal of Disney. No kidding. Yeah, there's Tommy guns. You know, those are the M nineteen twenty eights. And uh, shooting the forty-five caliber, so same round as what uh, what uh, Lothar has in his sidearm. But if, if you, I guess, if you really, really wanted to pay attention, and I've never, I've never gone this deep, but those uh, those big round drum magazines hold a hundred rounds, and, uh, and those uh, those rifles fire at full auto between six and seven hundred rounds per minute. So basically, after ten seconds, you're you're dry. And the way wow. they're just hosing the down the place, you know, they're going to be out in <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in no time. But it, yeah. Sure looks and sounds cool. Uh, we're going to have a firearms expert on in about forty episodes, and he's going to talk about how trying to get the the hard one of the hardest things with teaching people about firearms is getting them not to squint while they're firing. I'm <laughs> uh, just looking at uh, James Handy here, just trying not to, but he's trying he's not having to squint. A, right. He's having a hard time. Well, and especially uh, especially at night when you've got that muzzle flash and everything mm-hmm. else, just learning just learning to shoot at night to keep your eyes open that was a big challenge for me. One of the hardest things uh, for me about uh, not shooting, but uh, but uh, doing driving scenes, 
is not, is to remember not to make engine noises. <laughs> 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 I actually have a couple of times uh, done that. Whoops. So. Director's like, um, do you realize you're you're going vroom vroom? <laughs> like, oh, sorry, sorry. Because you know when you're in the you're in a you know it's not often they let you do your own driving stunts. So you're usually in some sort of practical cheat, you know, like a like a car on a on a trailer or some kind of rig that uh, is meant to go sideways and make it look like you're fishtailing or something. And so, you know, it's really to actually do it, it's is uh, not very exciting. And so the tendency is to try to make it more exciting. And then you're just kind of an idiot because you're making engine noises. But, wow. Well, now all, the, all this work that you're doing with, uh, with Tiny Ron, uh, what was it like? Uh, rehearsing these these kind of things. I mean, did you did you just basically uh, figure out the fight scenes in a, in a trailer somewhere? Where were you, where were you practicing? No, did you get? I think we pretty much did that on on set. I don't think um, I don't recall ever rehearsing a, a, a fight scene anywhere except on the on the set. And that's kind of the, one of the perks of doing a big budget film is, is that they, you know, you have the time to get on the set and to dope things out before you start wailing away at each other. It's a little um, less uh, forgiving in television where, you know, you, every moment that you spend on a set, you really need to be shooting. Uh, and so you tend to get together on, on an off day or before production starts to to work things out. And of course, you know, if you've got a film with big, big sequences, big fight involved, complicated fight sequences, then of course you get together beforehand. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of fights. Well, the one fight with Jennifer in, in enough, um, of course we met beforehand to, to work that out, but, but there aren't really in, in the rocketeer that many super long, super involved fight scenes. And so uh, we basically, I think, I'm pretty sure we, we just worked everything out on set. He seems very knowledgeable about getting through. I mean, Tiny Run has had a lot of great roles as the, you know, as the heavy, as the as the bad guy and things like that. And, and uh, he seemed to be well aware of how to do this kind of stunt work. Uh, was he easy to work with? Did he, I mean, he did, did... was the sweetest guy. I'm saying was. Um, I'm, I hope he's still kicking yeah, around. Oh, he's, yeah, he's still around. Um, but uh, he, he was just a sweetheart, an absolute sweetheart. He could, you know, pretty much reach out and crush your spine, uh, <laughs> you know, if he got angry. But uh, no, he was uh, about as far away as uh, from getting angry as anyone I can imagine. He was just a sweetheart. He, he looks like he had a lot of fun with this. I mean, just watching, just watching these scenes, it, it looks like a, a kind of role that anybody would want. I mean, it's just oh, I a... think I think he had a great time. As I recall, he had a great time. He was thrilled to be there, and um, you know, I I can only imagine. I never, I don't think, I don't recall ever asking him, but I I can only imagine he was uh, even thrilled to have the prosthesis and and not have his face actually seen. Though his face was actually seen in in one small part and he get, and um in the cornfield when the rocketeer right. goes flying through that's right, right yeah. the, the big gopher big gopher <laughs> right um, yeah so uh 
Uh, yeah, no, he, he he did a great job in this. Yeah, thing. he really did. It's, it, it, I can imagine uh, waiting on the pros- prosthetics to to be put in must have been just the longest part of his job is just sitting there and getting all that all those facial things. He on the Rocketeer Souvenir magazine. There's a, there's some pictures of of Tiny Ron. I think I can put them up because we're talking about a review of the movie. So, yeah. um, but there's pictures of just how how much of his face isn't there and uh, just trying to put put all the latex on and then paint yeah. it up so that it matches his skin tones. It must have been quite a hellacious thing to go through but it it works on this in this movie i mean it looks a lot like rondo hatton in the whole thing it really does and i'm always curious you know obviously when they do prosthetics and makeup like that you're you know you're doing it so that it looks one way and then when once we see it on film and it's lit and everything appropriate uh, it looks right does it look drastically different in person are you are you looking at it and saying well it looks weird right now but i i know on film it's going to look it's going to look good uh, I don't remember it looking drastically different in person, but um, but it does. Most of the time, those things do look different in person because there is such a care in the quality of lighting uh, when you get in front of the camera and ready to ready to shoot. Um, so in the in the harsh glare of a fluorescent that you happen to be uh, sitting in front of in the you know, in a makeup trailer or, or sunlight outside, um, those things can look uh, not quite as uh, not quite as convincing. Sure. But uh, once you get uh, once you get in the set, and especially once you see it on film, I mean, you can't you don't even really see the magic of film lighting except through the lens. Um, the uh, I was wondering when you, when you were shooting this, there it looks like there were a lot of squibs going off in the room and stuff as they're as they're shooting. But I I don't know how much of that was was actually live stuff and how much was um, special effects that they were just adding in later, or if it was just the sound. You we were hearing sounds of things, and we we're just assuming that the the bullet noises. Well, uh, the were... bullet noises do everything. I mean, the bullet noises are, are everything. You could you could virtually have had that scene with no bullets going off, no squibs anywhere, and still had the noise, and it would be somewhat convincing. Um, the 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 sound design is is uh, is really people don't realize how how crucial it is and how many fold it magnifies the sort of the uh, the suspension of disbelief i Um, I think that that's most apparent when we're seeing things like the uh the cirrus x3 starting up and things it doesn't sound like it doesn't have that that throaty voice when it's when it's turning on yeah i Um, love the little sound design when uh you know when we first turn the the rocket on and it's in the hangar and it comes it bounces around then it comes to a stop and a in a in a little room and i reach out with a broomstick to turn it off and just as i tap the switch and it turns off you hear a little yes. <laughs> and it 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 just sells the whole thing it's it's an amazing it's a wonderful piece of sound design yeah you, um, it's, it's where it was a, a supersonic turbine just coming yeah. you know, winding down yeah. it's, it's astonishing but none of those uh, none of those uh, squibs uh, none of those uh, special effects in the gazebo um, are anything other than practical um, in fact there are very few um, shots in the movie that are um, that are not practical effects well wow. yeah it's uh it, watching uh, 
watching Lothar take out that that door, which was kind of sad. It was a nice, very well uh, the beveling and stuff on the door was really nice. Having having rebuilt a couple of houses, I can feel, I really feel. Oh, look at all that woodwork going away. Um, but a, a beautiful thing. And uh, so, so at at this point in the movie, we've, the the stakes are that uh, uh, PV and uh, and Cliff have the have the actual X three, but now Lothar has the plans mm. that PV drew up. And uh, we watch, uh, we watch both Cliff and PV heading out the door. Cliff has the uh, has the X three, and uh, <laughs> PV hopefully remembers to bring the. I think he has your. I think he has your jacket too. He's he's running out. Oh, he's he's running out with something, and then also the helmet. Mm. But, uh, I I'm not sure. You know, Cliff is yep. wearing the jacket. Oh, so I'm sorry. You're right. He's bringing yeah. maybe that's the duffel bag. Oh, yeah, okay. that's got to yeah. be it. That's probably it. what it is. That's yeah, it's what the it is. That's what yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. And then I always wonder in this scene, and by always I mean, you know, recently since I've been watching this movie through this uh, lens, is, is is there anything, is there a story, and I, I don't expect you to know this, Billy, but there's as you guys are running away down the sidewalk, mm. you're in the lead, Alan Arkin's following behind you, and then this guy just sort of steps out of his house, He's holding a book or something in his hand and just sort of looks to see what the commotion is, and then <laughs> doesn't seem to be too alarmed by all of the uh, all of this that's going on. He just he's sort of looks, well, of course door. not. And of course not. He's an extra. Yeah. An, that's true. He's getting. <laughs> he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, right. he, yeah. he read the it's, script. Fair enough. It's, it's just just another night in Hollywood. That's what <laughs> right. Exactly. But I this. I don't, think these kinds of shooting i was just gonna say i don't think these kinds of shootings were that common in la for another uh, probably 60 years uh, after this movie was made (laughs) that's true uh excuse me after the movie was set Uh, right attention to detail how um but this uh, particular moment when we escape from the back of the house is really one of my favorite musical cues and cuts of all time um it's just it's just Somehow, I remember seeing it for the first time in the theater, and just the hair standing up on the back of my neck, thinking or feeling, "Wow, I'm in an actual movie," you know, not like yeah, a movie, porky, movie, Porkies <laughs> yeah. or what the heck ever. <laughs> uh, you know. it's, yeah, it's yeah, so well timed with uh, yeah. as we cut from the gazebo to you outside. You're running yeah. through the trees and. You hear that snap of the, the the rim shot on the on the snare and, yep. and just going right right into the the clarinet coming right out. the yeah. clarinet's coming in and, and the clarinet's coming in and yeah. and soon in the next minute to the incomparable Melora Hardin, uh, just Who, by the way I think we can break it uh, uh, now that <laughs> that tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow we'll be having the one the only Melora Hardin on no, our show yes kidding. yes yes oh. Uh, so she'll be she'll be coming up to ch- chat a little bit more about what it's like uh, singing inside of a clam. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> Just give which her... I which I maintain is an oyster because there's a pearl in it. But uh, <laughs> Jim and I can't agree on everything. I'm still thinking it's a scallop, and she's just standing on the abductor muscle of the scallop. But you know, it's... <laughs> coming up next on you the mollusk just... minute. <laughs> you are two of the biggest nerds I yes. think I ever. <laughs> Ever yeah, but, met. And you put yourself as number three in that category, oh, sir. I I saw that on Twitter, and I so I know it's true. 
Wow. But this, this is a fun minute. And like you said, I just love the way the music, you know, it's the non if the oh. film school term comes up, non diegetic uh, music <laughs> com, comes over from uh, from that scene into the diegetic music of. Uh, what of the, the heck does that mean? <laughs> it's like whether the music was coming from in the, in the, in the scene or, you know, it's, a, it's oh, like a soundtrack. Gosh. It's so, bringing uh, us into the next yeah. scene. Yeah. So, uh, and, but yeah, we're going to get into that great, uh, that great South Seas uh, uh, set, which is yeah. just another fantastic and, bit. And just the, uh, I think this is basically what you just said, Jim. But that uh, that contrast of that of the music is is Cliff and PV are are making their escape. I mean, this is conventional wisdom says you know to a layperson, well, this is when the the music swells and it's mm. it's at its most tense, mm. and instead suddenly, you know, we're going to this yeah, Cole this Porter. wonderful yeah. jaunty oh. Cole Porter. Yeah. Um, and uh, you'll hear me say this again, but boy, my my favorite version of this song of all time. I I rate this one higher even than uh, Ella Fitzgerald's, but oh. I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh. But boy, I just I just dearly dearly love it. Well, is it? Well, it's uh, begin the begin. Yeah? Yes, it, it is, is begin yeah. the begin. Yeah. Begin the begin. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and then yeah, as we've yeah. gone from the hail of gunfire right at the end, as we're hearing the clarinet, and then suddenly we're right there. Mm. We're sort of we're staring right at the business end of it. Everything about these two these two sets, everything about these two scenes is different. This is clean and tidy, and and you know it's a different color temperature. Everybody's mm. dressed nice. The contrast is just amazing. Yeah, but we're gonna have to find out what's uh, what's going on at the South Seas tomorrow. So we will we will check back. And uh, Billy, you will be joining us hopefully in a, in a few days to talk some more about uh, where, where you've run off to. Uh, but we'll we'll uh, we'll check back with you uh, probably later on in this week. I think if people will stay tuned, I think there's a fair chance of that. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, for in the meantime, if people would like to talk about uh, spraying the walls with uh, machine guns and things, that's you know <laughs> just in the movie sense, uh, you can reach out to us on uh, social media and talk about it. Of course, every, all the usual places you can find us on Twitter. At uh, Rocketeer Minute, you can find us on the great big website, RocketeerMinute.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute, and chat about it with everybody else who has an opinion on these things. Uh, please, if you haven't signed up already, go to uh, iTunes, or you can go to Google Play and uh, just type in Rocketeer Minute, and you can bang out a subscription right away by clicking on subscribe and have this delivered hot and fresh every morning so you don't miss one minute of this great movie. Uh, if you haven't watched it already on Hulu and you're in the United States, uh, check out Billy's new show. Uh, well, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a new show for through the U.S. It's been around a while, but catch up with the rest of the world and watch Cardinal. Great show. I can uh, personal recommendation, and I, I think Billy even likes it too. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great show. It's one of those happy circumstances. Yeah, it's yep. it's it's fantastic. It's. Uh, there's no rocket packs as far as I've seen yet, but you know there's going to be future seasons, so who knows? He could find he could find something up there in Ontario. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, check out, please check out uh, Cardinal on Hulu, uh, available at a uh, streaming service near you. So uh, pick us up here tomorrow with uh, Cole Porter and Melora Harden, who's going to join us shortly uh, tomorrow. Give her my love, will you? We'll, we'll do. But check back here on Tuesday on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out. Over and out. Thanks, boys. Go get him, kid.